Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hello, this is Kerry, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers? It's WTAF, a This Country podcast. Now I'm first here with the man. He loves wearing unofficial sportswear, looks great in a Swindon Town dress just like Daisy, and supports a London club just like Charlie. It's Neil! Hello. You're quite right. I do, on all, all accounts. On all accounts, including the dress. Yeah, absolutely. Why I'd not? love to see you in Let's that Let's be dress. liberal. I bet you would. <laughs> I bet you would. And that's not the right thing to say. No, it's not on here. This is no. out for good now. Indeed, indeed. Now, this country has always had a link to football, be it Martin's obsession with Luke Norris, Daisy in the Swindon Town shirts, and of course Charlie and his beloved Fulham. But our guest in this episode is a host on a show that has been a staple of my life and probably your life absolutely for the, probably the last 20 years. Uh, and at this time of year, if you are a sports fan, especially football, it's the only channel to tune into daily Sky Sports News. Plus, he is also the host, every so often, of the Sky Sports Transfer Talk podcast. It's Mr. Tom White. Hey. Hello. How are you both doing? We're doing really, really well. Very Thank you well. very much for joining us. No, I'm delighted to be here. Well, I mean, it's, it's the perfect time to speak to you um, because... We, and, and all of you This Country fans that are now going, oh, my God, we're going to talk about sports and stuff. Yes, we are going to talk about sports because we're talking to one of the legends of Sky Sports News. <laughs> um, but we, we'll, we'll, should we get the This Country stuff? I think we should talk yeah, This Country we, first. That That's why we're here. I'll say out of the way. This is a This Country podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that. Um, <laughs> now, I found out on Twitter, because uh, you very kindly followed us on Twitter, that you're a fan of This Country. How did you? How did it come on your radar? Yeah, well, I was actually quite late to it, quite embarrassingly for me. It was quite late. I saw an advert on Facebook just for about, what, about like a 20-second clip from Kerry's birthday, which I think was episode five of the second series. Well or it was quite done. late. That's good knowledge. And, and I saw that and I thought, that, that looks hilarious. When she's sitting at the screen waiting for the Nighthawkers mm-hmm. and, uh, and, she, uh, and Grumps comes up as the first one. And I just cracked up laughing and I thought, how have I never heard of this? And I thought it must be new. 
And I thought, right, so I'll go and find it on on the um, on the kind of uh, the iPlayer, and I realised that it was quite far into into the second series. So I just started from the start, and within two days, I, I was I was up to date. Right, so, so you binge, you binge the whole lot. Yeah, it was well, you, you can't not because it's they're just so funny that you get through one. And you're kind of wanting more, and they're obviously they're only half an hour each. Like if if you're doing and an six in a series, if you're going through a box set like Game of Thrones, etc., you you're watching for an hour, and there's a lot to take in. Mm. You can't, you know, you, you you've got to really focus. And then there's about twelve in a series, and it can actually be quite it's brilliant, but it's hard work. Whereas this is just bang, 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 and you, but you're just desperate for more, which mm-hmm. thankfully we're gonna get. Indeed, it is. It's, it's almost what you call an easy watch, isn't it? It's hilarious, but it's it's something that you can just put on at any time and not have to put your brain into gear and just laugh along with it. Now that because it was off the iPlayer for a while, I think BBC do that quite a lot. But it's it, it's back on now, and I've you know been been back through it again. Just it's brilliant, pure comedy. So, Tom, favorite series then one or two? Two. Yeah, def- definitely. It's um, it, the first series is brilliant, but the second series actually takes it takes it on and, and makes it better, which is actually quite rare because normally my favourite in most series is is uh, of comedies is is the first one. Mm. But with this one, I actually think it gets better, and, and hopefully that will continue. Right. And is there a particular uh, episode in series two that you find is your favourite? Yes, it is um, the threatening letters. Right. And- <laughs> It's a fairly obvious reason, really. It's just that everyone's in it. You've got obviously Kerry and Kerry and Kurt in the, that are in them all. Uh, Martin Mucklow plays a plays a prominent part. There's a new character in there as well, in, uh, who's sending the threatening letters. It's revealed at the end. But Kerry's mum is in it, and Big Mandy plays a prominent role as well. And I think that's that's the one episode where you've got them all. Slugs has a very more of a cameo appearance in that, which is. <laughs> it's obviously for him. It's a very, very, very sad part of it. But to the viewers, it's in a, in a cringeworthy way very funny as well. So it's just all of them, all of the kind of more not fringe characters, but but the, the characters away from Kerry and Curtin all play a more prominent role in that one, and and they're all so funny that I think that makes it the best episode. Yeah, I think I agree. Actually, I, I do as well. We, we've said so many times that there is Laurel and Hardy esque humor in that with the, the the wheelbarrow going into the skip and the, yeah. the the smashing of the drink i mean the smashing of the drink i think probably is my favorite moment from <laughs> from any episode of this country it's just go and hit the drink out of that girl's hand <laughs> <laughs> talking of all the characters then tom do you have a favorite character apart from uh yeah. carrie or curtain yeah I, I do actually and I, I, I kind of anticipated this question i was thinking about it last night and it actually took to <laughs> Took me a, a, quite a while to, to come to an, an, uh, an answer actually because obviously you've got Kerry and Curtin and first I was thinking, but how can I split between Kerry and Curtin? And I thought, well, hold on, I love Martin Mucklow. he's absolutely brilliant, and everything that Kerry's mum, everything that comes out of her mouth is crack up laughing, <laughs> I mean, especially spooning out of the knickers. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I had to rewind that again and again, and especially when Kerry's like, I don't, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> 
and 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 Slugs is is brilliant. Everyone's brilliant, but and, and the vicar, of course, I shouldn't forget about the vicar. But when it comes down to, it, I actually think it's Mandy. Right. Yeah. I, I love Mandy. She's all the episodes she's in. She makes me laugh. She's. I think most lines she says is great, and it's no surprise actually that the, my, my first, my favorite episode of the first series is actually the one just called Mandy, the, the second, the second episode of the first series. So I, I think it's her, but it's not like it's her by a mile. It took me a while to decide who who my favorite was because in in some comedies, or just in, in some things that aren't comedies, some of the characters I can kind of live without. In this one, I actually love all the characters. She just shades it. Right, okay. So if you had to choose a, a Mandy tattoo, which would be the one that you go for? Well, definitely not the one that Kerry chose, because I wouldn't... <laughs> 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 no, but there, there, was, there was some... I mean, the, 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 what was it? One of them is a guy from... Um, is it MasterChef? That's the right, guy, yeah. Guy, uh, Grant or, Mitchell, or but if be... you put glasses on him, he becomes the guy from MasterChef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely superb. And the thing is, when she opens that book, and Kerry's really excited about this free tattoo she's getting, and when she opens that book, it's really that is again cringeworthy, painful comedy as she's trying to get out of it. I love mm. it. Yeah, stick of the dump. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but they sort of do it again in series two on threatening letters, isn't it? With the um, the the computer buying the computer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, At the beginning, curtain yeah. with the computer. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, what, I'll give you, I'll give you maybe a fiver. Of, <laughs> Uh, for 50 might be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just the monitor. No, 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 that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing there. Um, the thing is, there's a lot of, because um, I've seen a few of the sort of deleted scenes kicking around, and some of them are absolutely brilliant mm. as well. Like, and, and, and Mandy's in a couple of them, and the one where Len picks up the fiver. Yeah. It's like, you think, God, that's how good it is that scenes like that didn't make it in it. Mm. And the one where... Um, when Kerry's doing tea talk, and there's a deleted scene where where the, the lady comes into the house, gets a shock because Kerry's there, and and she's like, "Oh, Kerry, you, you scared me. How did you get in?" She goes, "Well, you left the window open." Yeah. Oh, which one? The bathroom window. What upstairs? <laughs> yeah. It didn't make it in because it's so good. No. It reminds me a bit of Oasis in their pomp when their CD singles, you, every single song on there was like better than a lot of people's other songs. Yeah. And they were just like number three on a CD single. Bit off for you youngsters there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not as young as people think, by the way. I'm really? Young. Oh, yeah. Youngster. I'm, you. young. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad when people think I am young, but. Uh... Not as young as you think. No. So, Tom, with the announcement of a special and then Series 3 coming, what would you like to see them do for the special? Um, well, funnily enough, I was listening to, to, to one of your podcasts. Uh, I don't know if it was your latest one, actually, or it was a, it was a super fan one um, and with a comedian. And, and, and I, whether it was one of you or, or whether it was him who said, do you kind of get away from the fact that has, has Kerry gone to prison? Has Martin gone to prison? Has, has, has Curtin taken the fall? Um, do you kind of do the special away from that or do you clear it all up in the special, then start a new series afresh? Mm. Um, and it, it's, it's quite interesting. Is the, is the special going to be a longer one or is it going to be just a half an hour? I think do we know? they're talking about 45 minutes, I think, yeah. aren't they? It's going to be like a 45... Like, I mean, like the way that you used to okay. do the old Christmas specials. It's like, I don't think it's going to yeah. be a Christmas special, but that kind of thing, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think they have to clear it up because everyone's wondering what's yeah. what happens, you know, with with the police and all the and all the vacuum cleaners. So I, I would probably like to see that tied up, and I would imagine that from what Kerry said, she said, you know, mucklows look after mucklows. I I used to think I know what it means. Now, now I think I do know what it means. I think it, I think she's worked out that what that means is mucklows look after themselves. Mm. I've, I've got a feeling that she is either going to find a way to get them all out of it accidentally or she is going to end up sending her dad down. And that could make for an interesting dynamic from the next series or the um, or, or the, the one-off special as to is it actually going to be now Martin Mucklow's out of prison and there's a bit of a war going on. Yeah, it's funny you say that because it hasn't really dawned on me before, but that whole thing that you just said that... that... Kerry said that was said after Curtin had a go at her yeah. and sort of said, well, you're not looking after me. And you know, the only person that Martin Mucklow loves is himself. And yeah, I, I've got a feeling you might be right. I got a feeling that she's going to send her. She suddenly going. twigged. Yeah. That she needs to look after Curtin rather than, than Martin. Oh, yeah, but the, the, uh, quite a sad thing of it is that I loved all the scenes with, in that episode where Curtin's in the bowling club. Mm. I think it, it's, it's brilliant. And Thing is, no matter what happens, he is obviously gonna, in some way, get sacked because he's been keeping the dice. And so, well, yeah. maybe, maybe the police don't find out, but but some his boss is bound to find out, and I think he will probably have have lost that job, which will be a shame because he was he was absolutely great in there, and, yeah. and some of the old characters who were who were just in it for that episode create a lot of laughs as well. Mm. He was a king of his own little world there, wasn't he? He was sort yeah. of like he just yeah. Right. It's every time. Go on, sorry, Tom. Tom. Sorry, so, sorry. There was another deleted scene, wasn't there, with um, when the vicar is actually playing bowls. That's right. Yes, and, and he really messes up. <laughs> yeah, and Kurt right go at him, and is like, right, okay, no sandwiches, yeah. no sandwiches. Oh, come on, I don't think I, I don't think everyone else should forfeit their sandwiches. I, I don't mind, but actually, can we have some chocolate biscuits as well? <laughs> and it's another great scene, and I, I actually really like the fact that he's working there. I've got a feeling that might be coming to an end. Mm. I sort of hope not. I, I hope not. I, I mean, there is part of me that does hope that the the forty five minute special is just a complete separate thing, mm. and then they they. But like like you said, Tom, is that people want to know what happens, and I don't think they can wait any longer. I mean, we're having to wait long enough for Game of Thrones and find out what's going on there. To, to have to wait <laughs> for this as well, I'd rather. I would rather know. I think me personally, anyway. Don't know. Yeah. I, I... yeah. So. Um, We've we've often said that when we first found out about the show and started talking to Daisy and Charlie about it, we wondered whether it was going to work as a countrywide thing because we live in the area that they film and that they've set this uh, comedy series up. You're from the northeast, is that right? Yeah. Do do you recognise some of the characters in regards to where you used to grow up? Yeah, definitely because because I'm from the northeast, but again, it's it's a, a rural stroke kind of coastal area, so. For, for me, I actually I can. I've ever, I mean, the 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 village that they're living in is is even bigger than the village that I am from, and it's there are a lot of similarities. And the other thing, I think they're from, and are you, I don't know, you two as well might be from from Sirencester, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, although I've personally never been there, my dad actually went to college there. Oh right. Um, he he actually he, he went to the uh, the I don't know if it's still there. He went to the agricultural college there because he was. He was a farmer, so very much like he was kind of like the, the rural life throughout his right. his 
and, and, and went to, to college down there. So I immediately knew kind of, I know it's not set actually in Sirencester, but um, so that area, there is some sort of affiliation with me in there. But where I'm actually from is similar to that. Right. So you might have a point. It, it, it certainly works outside of that area. Um, but then again, having said that, I've, I've, I mean, I know loads of people that love it mm. and they've got, and they're not from an area like that or an area where I'm from. They're kind of from, from big cities. So it obviously does work for everyone, from what I can gather anyway. It seems to. It seems to resonate with people all over, doesn't it? In the cities to the small villages. People said, you know, you've got the characters in the city that sort of are quite insular, even though they're in a big city. So they're still thinking they're the only ones, the king of the block, aren't they? Mm. And that sort of thing. Yeah, and exactly. I always think everybody knows a Big Mandy. <laughs> Or yeah. a person like Big Mandy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There are a lot of Big Mandys around, and she, she, the, the actress plays it, plays her so well. Yeah. you get, you never know how an, an, another actor would have would have done in in any role, but either way, they definitely got it right with with her. I think she's I think she's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I want to get on to Sky Sports News because like I said in the intro, um that is my staple every morning. First thing I do every morning, I have to check to make sure there isn't a yellow ticker with something as massive as been going on. That's it. Um when Good. did you, when did you start at Sky Sports News? Well, I actually started in 2004, so I'm, I'm which was August 2004. So I'm, I'm pretty much 14 years now. But I only started presenting in uh, in 2011. So I, when I started, I was like making the teas and coffees for everybody, um, like well, officially a runner, um, and and from there just kind of worked my way up the ladder. Um, at, at first, I thought I wanted to be a football commentator. Actually, although I have done that for other people other than Sky. Um, once I was there for a while, I realised I wanted to to be a presenter and kind of set my sights on that. So it took me took me seven years to become a presenter, and I've now been a presenter for well, first of August, which as we're recording this will be tomorrow. Tomorrow will be to the day seven years as a presenter. But there were seven years behind the scenes before that. Well, happy anniversary for tomorrow! Yeah, well done. So, do you get, is there some sort of training to become a presenter, a TV? Uh, well. Yeah, you've got to be, I mean, you've, at Sky Sports News, we're all journalists, so you've got to have your journalism uh, degree, and NCTJ is the is the journalism qualification, which you have to have. In terms of training, the best training is actually to start behind the scenes. Right. When you're writing scripts, cutting all the pictures, you're learning a lot. You're learning how to write the scripts, how the presenters actually want them to be written, for instance, um, how a rundown works. So if, let's say, Everything goes down like you you know you don't necessarily need auto cue, but if auto cue goes down and let's say suddenly your computer in front of you goes down, you actually know what to do because you know how the rundown works. You can ad lib your way into the next story and such like because you've actually been the person writing those stories in the past. Just because you're up there reading them doesn't mean you can't do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, best learning is actually from being behind the screens, but you do do things called screen tests to see if the bosses like you. Um, on screen if you come across well and such like if your intonation is correct um, I mean your, your intonation comes better from radio actually than, than from in TV that's a screen test where you kind of do 20 minutes of being a Sky Sports News presenter it's recorded and and the bosses are watching to see if you've got potential or not and I did several of those over the years. So it must get you must get being a journalist anyway but you must get a thrill when a big story breaks and especially if you are 
presenting at that particular time. It's that is the best time that when a big story happens, it is just it's very exciting because it's like everything goes out the window. There is no rundown. There is no scripts. It's everybody, including me, when it's in the breaks, ringing people up, ringing like former players, former managers. Well, if you can do get a current player, current manager to, to react to this story. So if a Premier League manager gets sacked, it's big news. All right. And I remember when Sir Alex Ferguson announced that he was stepping down. We actually, he was he was due to announce the next, officially he, he announced it the next day, but it got into the, you know, obviously we've got such good journalists everywhere. We found out the day before and, and I was on air when all of this was going around, these rumours about Sir Alex Ferguson um, retiring. And you might be on air for, like, you might be supposed to be on air for four hours. You'd happily do for 14 because it'll feel like two hours because it's just so it's very exciting and it really tests you as a presenter because you've got, like I say, you're doing it all kind of ad-libbing, right? Okay, we've got this person on the phone. We're getting this person into the studio to talk about this. You have to ad-lib the questions because the production team are desperate trying to get more people on and cutting the right picture, making sure that their whole career is there in pictures and in scripts. And and it's it, it actually a real thrill. It, it's, it's my favourite time because it, it really tests you but it's exciting. You also know that there are so many people watching. Mm. And and when you know so many people are watching, you immediately up your game. So so when a manager gets sat, when a massive transfer goes through, and of course, deadline day. Mm-hmm. I mean that I was gonna I was gonna come on to that. That is a is now become a beast in itself, hasn't it, over the last few years? That, that yeah. there's so much build up yeah. to it that it's almost it's appointment viewing now that you have to watch sky sports news oh, yeah. i mean I, I love it I, I i haven't done it for a couple of years but there was one year where i took a day off to from work <laughs> so that i could not miss anything oh really it, it's just it's i know it, well some people will probably say it's sad but there, it gets to a point where you think something big is going to happen and the last couple of times there hasn't really been anything big has there not like the berbatov deal or something like no, that a few years ago thing. <clears throat> yeah and stuff like that but so how do you work out what sort of shift you have then, especially on things like deadline day? Well, this, this year deadline day, I think actually will, will, will be incredible because, I mean, it's a 5pm deadline rather than 11, but mm. it's, it's, you know, it's like three weeks earlier than it normally would be. Yeah, it's crazy. Because it's been the World Cup, a lot of clubs haven't been able to do the deals they expected. So this deadline day, I actually think will be brilliant. And really, like when the deadline closed at five, there'll still be deals going on that we didn't know about and might get announced all the way through the evening. Uh, so, so this particular deadline day is brilliant. But we um, nowadays we get when it comes to deadline day, we will have a we, we, we will have a rotor. So we will be on the hours that, that we are told. Um, and this year I'm on midday till 3 p.m which should be incredibly busy mm. and then I get home just in time to watch the final hour. So for, for me, <laughs> this is the perfect shift for me on deadline day. I'm in amongst it all day and then get home in time to, to enjoy it like, like you two will as a, as a viewer. But, but I mean, Jim White, who is, by the way, no relation to me. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot, I, I've been accused a lot of times of only getting my job because of my dad. Well, <laughs> as, as, you, as you know, my dad's a former farmer who went to agricultural college in Sirencester. <laughs> It's not Jim White. Um, he's always on on the deadline. That is, again, a, the fans expect that. Um, he was on that famous night with Berbatov and Robinho, which was probably the best, well, definitely the best deadline day ever. Mm. And since then, it's, you know, it, 
He's, uh, I would imagine, I mean, I'm sure he could, but I'd imagine he would never want to, nor Sky would ever want him to, to take holiday that day. No. So, Tom, dare I ask what team you support? Yeah, I support Sunderland. We are very, very poor. Um, unfortunately, we've been poor for quite some time, but we, at least we've got a bit more optimism uh, this season. But, yeah, Sunderland, I'm actually from near Newcastle, but my whole family are from County Durham. Uh, they are all... Sunderland fans and, and, and up in the northeast, it's not the same everywhere. Uh, I think it's the same. In, it's in the northeast, maybe in, in on, on Merseyside as well. When you're born, uh, as you're getting older, you, you're kind of told by your parents that's your name, that's who you support, right? And you can't change it. You can't change your name. You can't change who you support. That's it. I know in other parts of the country, I suppose it's different if your parents don't like football. Some people are able to choose who they support, and I'd imagine those people have. Much better lives than uh, than than us, than us Sunderland fans who are told by their mum and dad who they support. So what, what do you? Now, put... what do you two, who do you two support? I never. Well, asked. I, I'm a Liverpool fan. Uh, that's okay, that's, that's more that's, my that's age. Nice. That's more my age because that's the, the dominant team when I was when I was younger. And, uh, uh, and I'm a Tottenham fan. Tottenham fan. Oh, well, happy times with both of you. You two, are, you two have had a, a much easier life than me. Yeah. On the <laughs> I was going to say, what what do you put? Sunderland's, um, do, do you want to call it a demise? What do you want? To, what do you put that down to over the last few? Because they've, they've always been, uh, it seemed to be a team that have were struggling against relegation, but they always seem to just do enough to stay in. And then once they yeah, drop out, well, they've just a free fall. Yeah, well, we 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 had an owner that's changed this summer who actually had he had really good intentions. He wanted the club to be, um, to be like a. a a club challenging for Europe in the Premier League, and he put a lot of money in. His intentions were good, but sometimes that money was spent in the wrong areas, and we ended up getting into so much trouble financially that he was no longer able to put any more money in. And in that case, we had overpaid players, players other clubs didn't want. We were stuck with them, losing money hand over fist, and with that just came successive relegations. But bit more optimism now we've got I, I don't i don't blame the old owner by the way but but much more optimism under the new owner and hopefully hopefully things will uh things will turn around but um but yes it uh, and things might be turned around for swindon as well of course who uh wow. the, the, the character who, 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 who kerry who kerry is a, a big fan of in in the show things might be turning around for them Indeed. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so Tom I'm going to ask you who's going to win the Premier League this year this season who do you think could be relegated? Yeah. If you're allowed right. to tell well, us. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I definitely think that Manchester City will will win the title. Um, it'd be difficult to predict who will get in the top four because there's, there's I would say, well, as usual, there's six teams that, that could do it. But I think Manchester City will win the title again. Um, relegation, funnily enough, on the, the Transfer Talk podcast for, for, for Sky Sports News today, we were talking about that. And I just I looked through the Premier League table there's no obvious team. No. It's really hard to predict who will go down because the clubs who have come up, um, uh, like, like like Fulham um, and Wolves, they have spent not just big, but they spent really well. I can't see them going down. Cardiff have come up, not spent as much. They've still spent a bit. They've not spent as much, but they've got a manager who will just put everything he possibly can into them staying up. And their team spirit is probably going to be enough for them. So who on earth do you choose from there? If you've got three promoted clubs and none of them look like certainties to go down and, and Huddersfield and Brighton are spending as well, I actually couldn't 
tell you who's going down. I do think Man City will win it. Would you, I mean, with your impartial hat on, would you love if Newcastle went down? No, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm actually I'm a, a Sunderland fan. Now, often people think a Sunderland fan and a Newcastle fan must mean they must have to hate yeah. Newcastle or Sunderland. That is, is not the case for me whatsoever. I... I'm a big Sunderland fan. I don't have anything in Newcastle. The majority of my friends are Newcastle fans, um, which is which is one part of it. But also, Sunderland and Newcastle are certainly not direct rivals anymore. When we were, that was different. But there's two divisions between us now. Mm. There is no reason for Sunderland fans to care what's happening at Newcastle, and no reason, even less reason for Newcastle to care about what's happening at Sunderland. So. So no, I, I I don't have anything anything against Newcastle. The, the derbies are brilliant. I love the derbies. So winning a derby is a cause for for much celebration. But there's there's certainly no. I don't take any pleasure if Newcastle are doing badly. And um, you know, I I I, I've got, I spend too much time worrying about my own team to worry yeah. about someone else. Yeah. <laughs> but then you never know. You could uh, the derbies could be back next season. You get promoted and Newcastle get relegated, and then the derbies are back. Yeah. Well, that, yes, that's true. I, I would I would love the derbies, but I I, I can't see them. I, I know they already have gone down once under Benitez, but I, now that he's been there for for long enough, I can't see them going down while he's manager. No. Okay. Um, before we uh, carry on and talking a little bit more, we're going to have a little bit of a competition here. With uh, we're going to play Kerry or Curtain. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you a line of dialogue. You have to tell me if it's Kerry or Curtain. Are you okay. ready? Here we go. I'm ready. Number one. Geez, it's just a dare, mate. You're not meeting... The... Sorry, that's not dare. That's bloody... What's it called? Also correction. Let me start that again. Yeah, and you did it in Australia <laughs> as well. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking... I didn't know if you, yeah. if you were bursting the accent there. Uh, sorry, right. Geez, it's just a date, mate. You're not meeting the Queen. <laughs> that was... Uh... Was it not curtain in the card shop to um to slugs? That was curtain in the card shop. Well See, done. I like like this. This is knowledge. Well done. Number two, the yeah. weekends are a write off because he likes his me time. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That that was Kerry about Martin. That was Kerry about Martin. Well done. That's two out of two. Number three, I'd be better off carrying a sad sack of shite around with me. Oh, good point. That oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one actually. I'm 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 wondering if it's something to do with um with with Kerry's business venture, but then it I wouldn't even tell me whether that was Kerry or Curtin. I I will I will say Curtin, but I must admit it doesn't come straight into my mind like the other two did. That was Kerry and that was talking about her business. That was when she was going around with Curtin. And he was talking uh, to the Warcraft okay. guys, the Warhammer guys, yeah. Unlucky. Uh, uh, right episode, wrong, wrong character. You did. Number four, someone else has already filmed a massive dump in... Oh, see, filmed. Bloody autocorrect. <laughs> someone else has already had a massive dump in it. What's another one going to make a difference? <laughs> yeah, that was Kerry on her, on her birthday in that tent. That is, well done. Three out of four. Last one. So he stormed in, punched a hole in the turkey. Oh, uh, now is that and that's about Uncle Nugget. That is, um, and again, that could be Kerry or Curtin. Oh, it sounds more like Curtin. It was Kerry. You were so close. Oh, so Three close. out of five. Yeah. That's very good. With honourable uh, mentions with the episodes. To be fair, it's almost like you talked yourself out of those other two because you had the right ideas. You knew exactly where they were in the episodes. Fantastic. I've got one more football question for you. First manager to get the sack. Yeah. 
Oh. In the Premier League, we'll go in the Premier League. Well, it, it won't. I tell you what, I'll, I'll say the first manager to leave. I don't necessarily think it will be the sack, mm. but I, I, I think that Jose Mourinho is very frustrated. Yeah. So, I would say for that reason, he might leave. I don't think they would sack him. Um, I think he might leave just purely because he seems very frustrated. But in the next few days before the deadline, he could get who he wants and that might change. But as things stand now, I'd say he is the most likely to leave, but by choice. Do you think it's not Mourinho just being Mourinho, though? Yes, he, but he, he it is. And, and when he when Mourinho is Mourinho, he tends to get what he wants. And he may well do that, but there's not much longer him to get who he wants and I'm not even sure if he is absolutely certain of who he wants I'm not mm. sure if he has got the first choice targets um, so I think he definitely is frustrated but yes at the same time he is <laughs> him being frustrated is Mourinho being Mourinho mm. When you're looking at all these sort of football stories Tom do you, do you tend to use the tabloids as well? Do, I what, sorry? do you tend to read the tabloids and what their rumours are in the back? Yeah. I mean, how much oh, credence yeah. do they have? Yeah. Oh no, no. Certainly, I mean, it would be it would be very kind of kind of arrogant of of me or any or any journalist from Scott. Well, any any journalist or anywhere to kind of read a story and a, a, immediately dismiss it because because you are you don't know the story first. A, a lot of times, um, the way a story is worded, you can read a lot in too. For instance, if um, if you read a newspaper article that says um, like Manchester United have signed. Uh, Willian, right? Now, if that journalist is happy to say he has signed, now that is going quite big and you think, okay, he must be well-placed. He can probably deduce that that deal is done. Um, If it says Manchester United will sign Willian, you think, okay, he's not gone absolutely all out for this story, but he is saying it will happen. So, Keep an eye on that one. If it says Manchester United could sign Willian, you think, well, mm, yes, they could. I don't, you know, you, you don't rule it out, but you think, I'm not sure if I'm going to look into that one myself so much because that journalist hasn't gone that strong on it. But but certainly, you know, these, yeah, I, I read any story and, and will feel like it deserves to be looked into and, and put a few calls in to see whether whether we can stand it up or not and uh, and see if it's true. Right. So you were talking about um, like the shift that you've got on transfer deadline day is like the, the, the greatest one is exciting and stuff like that. Have you ever done like three o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday when there's nothing really to... You're just going over the news that's already been and... How hard yeah, is I mean, that to do that? Well, I, I don't. Oops, sorry, I don't do that many um, early shifts, um, just because they're, they're kind of locked off. The early shift. Uh, I mean, Mike Wedderburn, Alex Hammond do, do the early shift on the weekdays and, and on the weekends. They tend to be. Uh, they try to get the same people doing it on on the weekend. But yeah, I have I have done them quite often. It's a completely different atmosphere. It's very much. I mean, the the whole studio is quieter because there's because there's not as many people in mm. for a start. Um, but I always find in general, whatever hour of the day it is, if there isn't much going on, like the, let's say the transfer window isn't open, let's say there's no managers, uh, no managerial vacancies 
in the Premier League. There's no live sport going on. Um, sometimes those days can be a bit... I mean, they're, they're harder for two reasons. They're harder because you want a big story, just like the viewers do. And they're also more difficult because you it's your job to kind of find a story. And that's mm. hard work. You've got to try and find a story from somewhere. Um, so that, that, that goes for kind of any time of the day, really, not just kind of three, three o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. So when, when I've often seen, um, not just yourself, but other uh, presenters looking at their phone or they're, they're looking at something sort of down by the side of themselves, is, is that what they're doing? They're, they're researching or they're just getting messages from footballers or managers or things like that? Yeah, I mean, if if there's if there's a story, um, we we could be chasing a story, um, so so texting someone who might know that it's some sort of contact, um, whether that be the the person involved, like the manager, the player, whether it's an agent, um, whether it's another reporter around Sky who who you know has got an in with that person, uh, it could be it could be that, um, and often there's been a, a, a big big breaking story and one of your contacts would be the perfect person to come on as a guest on the phone for instant reaction sometimes you're texting someone saying can you come on in the next hour so that we can ask you about this big news that such and such has been sacked and mm. uh, and you know because you played for the club and who you think should be the next manager and such like so yeah it's um it's not it's it's not people there uh, texting their their wives or girlfriends or husbands or wives to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to let to let them know that they fancy going out for dinner tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, one more thing: if you're in the middle of like your your shift and stuff, and you're on screen and you need to go and have a wee or something, what do you do? Yeah, you got to go in the break. Do, you go. You just you, have to hold it in. Yeah, you go. You go. But the thing is, though, I mean, there's there's four parts for every hour, so you got four breaks. Right. And um, which are, I mean, they're only like three or three and a half minutes long, but the the toilets are fairly close. So you've got, <laughs> yeah. you've, and to be honest, if you ended up, because you've got to have your pass to get into every door, because obviously Sky Security is pretty is pretty tight. Mm. If you forget your pass and you're locked out, it, it, you know, there are, it does tend to be two presenters on at a time. So the other presenter can pick up after the break. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's no big problem. No. Right, Tom, just quickly going back to this country, um, with the third series coming, what scenario would you like to see happen? So, I mean, I've always mentioned I'd love to see a Christmas episode, especially with Kerry and the excitement she had on her birthday. I can only think what we would imagine would happen at Christmas. So what would you like to see? Well, I I would love a Christmas episode. I actually would like the, the, the special to be a Christmas special. Now, if this special isn't going to be a Christmas special, hopefully after the third series, they might do a Christmas special mm-hmm. at some point. I absolutely love that. I mean, I loved... Gavin and I mean most British comedies I love, but I loved Gavin and Stacey. And but my favorite episode, my, my favorite was the Christmas special. You know, uh, the Office was a bit different because the Office, the Christmas special wrapped it all up. It That's was, right. Yeah, that, that was the climax, um, which again was, was was brilliant as well. But um, so I, w- I would love a Christmas special. I wonder whether sometimes there are any TV show they they probably quite rightly feel that they have to evolve. And things need to move on. I actually would just quite like to, to see everything the same. Just, mm. just with, um, you know, with Kerry still living with her mum, who's still screaming at her <laughs> in every episode. Uh, Curtin still living with his nan. Um, I was always I, at first. I was a little bit gutted when when Curtin got a girlfriend. Actually, 
Um, but thankfully, that ended so Curtin could go back to being Curtin and, and Curtin didn't go to college, which obviously would have been good for him. We mm. all know that. But it was better for the series that he didn't. So, but if they if they feel like they have to evolve, I mean, there have been they have alluded to the fact that, or, or certainly Kerry has in a couple of episodes that that she plans to for her and Curtin to get a get a place in the village. I mean, one of them is to to breed quails' eggs. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I could imagine I could imagine those two maybe moving in together because that would be quite funny because because Curtin, if you look in his bedroom everything's quite neat and tidy, whereas you can imagine that Kerry's might not be so much, and that might be quite good fun, seeing them live together. But then how do you incorporate Kerry's mum there? Exactly. We've said it should be like they, they do another series, a Christmas special, and then leave it for like 40 years and then be like last of the summer wine. You go back and they're, <laughs> and they're like old age pensioners and they're just still going around the, going around the village. Going down the hills in bathtubs. Yeah. And just, okay. uh, I, I cannot, I, I, I refuse to wait 40 years for that. So, so <laughs> they just have a, have a series for 40 years and, and then it turns into last of the summer wine. That, that'll do. <laughs> Would you like to see Kerry sort of have a, a relationship, some sort of romantic relationship? Maybe with yeah, the uh, um, threatening letters, uh, Dan. Well, that's what I thought would happen, you see. I, I thought that when, when he sent those letters, it would become that, because she's kind of said that she's she's awkward in that thing. She mm. says, you know, if it comes to, to fighting, like physical violence and stuff, she's fine, but but it's... She said something like, um, like, like sexual stuff isn't her forte and mm. stuff, and I, and I wonder if... It would be quite interesting and potentially a lot of comedy in there if there actually was some sort of a love interest in there because it would probably be quite, again, in, in classic this country fashion, it would be quite awkward and it could be quite cringeworthy but also hilarious. Um, and at some point, I suppose, that has to be addressed, doesn't it, really? Absolutely. Absolutely. But then that's what we've got to look forward to is we don't really know... <clears throat> what is going to happen no. uh, for the series, for the special, for the future? It's it's just all up in the air, which is it's quite nice actually that you don't know what is going to be what was coming. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, with a lot of comedies, they 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 will introduce um, new characters, and if this country decides to introduce some more characters, they've got to be as brilliant. As the original, I don't want them to introduce new characters for the sake of it. Mm. Like when I said at the start, how they're all all the characters are are superb. I mean, I didn't mention Len at the start. Like, just they're they're brilliant. I hope that if they do introduce more, they are they've got to be excellent. I don't want them to just be introduced for the sake of it because the current cast is is absolutely top notch. Mm. It'd be nice to see some more of the characters, like we said, like. Um... Dan, um, obviously Jimmy Walker would be Sophie, great to see. Sophie, Sophie would be see Sophie a bit more. Curtin's ex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, yeah Sophie's Curtin's ex, and there, there's Kaylee as well, yeah. isn't there? Of course, Which yeah. going out with slugs. Um, and oh, who was I going to say there that I that I like? I can't remember who I was going to say there, but um, but yeah, the, there's the, there are a few that are just just they, they're all very very good. But that guy who played. Um, Martin, is it Dan? Martin Mucklow's um, kind of assistant. That's it, Dan, yeah, Dan, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Walker. Jimmy Walker. Because he was in Save Me, wasn't That's he? That's right, That's, yes. Um, I think it might have been on Sky Atlantic playing a completely different character yeah. in that. And I wonder if he was only in that 
um, episode of This Country because he was busy with that. But I would like to see more of him as well because that, when, he, when he gets Curtin's cup, when he offers him the cup of tea yeah. and then gets him just smash it and walks away and then explains to him how, how if Curtin's got any jokes, tell them to him and he'll run them past Martin. He, he, he's great because he, him and Martin get on, but it's obviously because he just does everything Martin wants him to do. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, it would, be, it would be nice to see more of him as well. Yeah. So have you managed to uh, switch on any of your Sky Sports News colleagues to this country? Have you uh, spread the word a little bit? Yeah, well, um, Ed Draper, is he's from Cheltenham, which he, and he says that where he's from, he's just outside Cheltenham, he says that he can really relate to it. So that's right. going back to asked about people relating to it. He absolutely loves it. Um, and when I was at, um, uh, at Natalie Sawyer's uh, leaving do, um, uh, Hayley McQueen actually gave me a lift home. She was driving and I was chatting to her on the way back. And, and that was when I, when I was just getting into to this country. And I, and I, and I was kind of t- telling anyone who would listen about it because it just blew me away. And I said, you've got to watch this. Right? She was driving me. I said, you've got to watch this this country honestly when you even when you been tonight if you can't sleep put this country on all right or watch it tomorrow whatever she texts me the next morning just saying this country and about 20 cry laughing emojis <laughs> she, she loved it as well lots of colleagues behind the scenes there was a there's a couple of people uh people who, who, who i was telling the other day that i was coming on this podcast and they were so jealous like no it, we should you should be bringing us onto it because we know it we know more about it than you do and they ended up giving me giving me quizzes to try and test me <laughs> yeah. i knew more than them but it's um it, it's very it's actually very popular amongst the the Sky Sports News staff, but particularly with with Ed, Ed Draper, me, and, and Hayley McQueen. Wonderful. Well, get them to follow us on Twitter because we'll come and have them as a guest and we'll see whether they can beat your three out of five on Kerry or Curtin. Yeah, well, I, I was, I'm very disappointed with my three out of five, actually, especially given that I knew the, I knew the scenes and got the wrong person. Yeah. You won't be able to sleep it, tonight. It's Tom. an honourable three out of five. Very honourable. It is, I, but, but I could see very easily how that could have been a five out of five. Mm, I can absolutely. see it very easily. <laughs> Fine, fine margins, just just like just like in Sunderland's relegations. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. Well, Tom, thank you very much for spending some time for us. It's it's a surreal moment to see you a not in a suit, which is really weird, <laughs> <laughs> and b not to see like writing all around you and uh, TV screens behind you and stuff and people working behind. Yeah, no. And I've got no makeup on either. I know, but you look great, mate. You look great. Ah, thank you very much. <laughs> as did you. As did oh, bless you. We never have makeup on. Well, apart from him on a Friday night, but we won't talk about that. Ah, yeah. Hey! I, don't... I work in a circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Tom, for spending some time with us. Yes, thank and, you. Um, good luck with uh, pleasure. with Transfer Deadline Day. And, thank you. Uh, no, I've absolutely loved it. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully you'll, you'll you'll get me back on after when the next series is on. Maybe absolutely, oh, absolutely. we will. And if you ever happen to find your way uh, in the Cotswolds and you're in Sirencester, please come and visit us in our little shed as well. We'd love you to come and be sat here with us. I was just going to say, your dad's college is still open and a, a college. It's the a university. Now. Yeah, it's, it's a university. A, yes. Right, okay, right. Well, if he's got a reunion coming up, I will tag along. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just stay with us a little bit, Tom, uh, while Neil does a little bit of housekeeping. Absolutely. So please do follow us on all the social medias, so Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram at WTAF of this country. Uh, you can email us at WTAF this country at hotmail.com. Um, come and like our page, and please do download and listen to all our podcasts on all the different formats to be able to get them. Leave a review 
review and a rating. Please. Indeed. And if you want to come and uh, support the podcast, just go to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash WTAF. So that's it. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, pal. Thank you once again, Tom. Thank you very much. Real pleasure being asked the questions rather than doing the asking for a change. There you go. It's <laughs> no, lovely. Thank you. Uh, and that's it from us. So go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.